Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Hey, and give it up for those two. They got engaged last night, so. (laughs) Two down, one to go. (laughs) All of you parents who have older kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? You get two of them. It's like she is his responsibility now, right? Insurance, cell phone. Anyway, moving right on. I'm just, I'm thinking about the raise I'm going to get after I get past this wedding. But anyway, it's going to be great. So, uh, and then for those of you who are curious, um, Taylor and Bailey, so their doctor says that they are like, it's, it's green light season any minute. So um, they're thinking Monday, Tuesday this week, I should have not only a, a daughter that has been engaged, but I should be a grandpa. And so I'm super excited about that. So we'll... Hopefully, by this time next week, um, like, we'll have all kinds of great news for you guys. So it's been, a, it's been a great weekend for the Reigns family and the Reigns household, and I'm excited about what God's doing in our church family as well. Just like they said, text that number. Give us your questions. And here's the thing. The number works, okay? So, like, we, got a, we didn't get one question last week, but we got a bunch of testing. <laughs> testing one, two. Like, we got all of your tests text messages, okay? None of those are valuable questions that I can use to write a message, all right? So if you want us to, if, you know, to, here's what we were trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid assuming your questions because then we'll show up and it's like, oh, that's, you know, of course they're going to ask that question. That's what everybody, no, no, we want to know what your questions are. So Text the, the, the only way the series works is if you text the number and actually give us some questions. And so please do that because I like to be at least three to four weeks ahead on my message prep. It, it helps these guys back here and it helps the worship team. And so if we have a direction, then um, that helps. So just text us your questions. If not, then we'll just do something different. Who knows? We'll figure it out. So last week we started a new series on the Holy Spirit called The Advocate. And we really started communicating the fact that the Holy Spirit is not just this elusive vapor floating around in heaven, right? The Holy Spirit is an actual person. He is the third person of the Godhead or the Trinity. And we said that Jesus' plan for all of us is that we would actually have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So many times... The Holy Spirit is just overlooked in our churches today, and I don't know why he's just as important uh, as the God, in the Godhead as, as the Heavenly Father and Jesus the Son. The Holy Spirit does the work here on earth. The Bible says in Matthew that Jesus has sat down on the right hand of the Father. So Jesus' plan is that the Holy Spirit not be beside you, but actually be inside of you. You. So we talked about that. Today I'm going to take you over to John chapter 14, verse 25. Jesus says, all this I've spoken while still with you. In other words, I'm pointing to something that's about to happen. Uh, I'm saying all these things now so you know when it happens, I knew what I was talking about, right? He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And then he calms them down, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
The reason why so many people, they come and they worship at a church like your place church and, and they feel like, man, it's like the guy was looking just, just at me or they read my mail or how did they know I was even going through that? The reason you feel that way is not because the preacher is just awesomely handsome and smart. It's because the Holy Spirit is teaching you things. The Holy Spirit is the communicator. The Holy Spirit is the one having conversation. That's how come you feel detailed information coming out. I don't know your stories. I'm not, I'm not in your world like most of you. And so the Holy Spirit is, and so that's how come he can teach you these things. I've had people catch me after service out in the foyer, and they've been like, Pastor, man, when you said bloody da 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 uh, it really changed me. Like, he got to me. And I'm like, oh, praise God. And then I turn around going, I did not say that. I did, like, I'm looking through my notes. I'm re-listening to the, I, di- I, I didn't say anything like that. But what happened was the Holy Spirit spoke to them and made it personal. And that's what will happen to you today if you'll allow him to. It was 1987. All right, 87. For all those you guys born after that, that was a long time ago, I know. I was uh, 16, 17 years old, and um, this cute, cute, cute curly-headed girl that lived around the corner from me invited me to come see these big muscle guys, right? They were doing something at the ORU Maybe Center, and, uh, and I am just as far from God as you could be, right? Just heathen to the core. But they were cute, so I said yes. And so her and her friend... Um, invited me to go to this strength team, power team thing. And uh, I had no idea what I was getting into. I mean, I did not know I was far from God. I thought if you were a good person, you got to go to heaven. I didn't know the details about scripture. I didn't know you have to believe in Jesus. I didn't know you had to invite Jesus to come into your life. I had never felt the presence of God in my life. Didn't know what it felt like. And so I show up, and we go to the OR. I thought, hey, an hour there, hour home, two hours with these girls, I'm in, you know. And, uh, and so we went, and we sat kind of in this section, probably three rows back. And I watched these guys begin to just tear up stuff with their bare hands. Like they're, they're busting through concrete blocks, right? And they're using their elbows, and they're lighting like, like telephone poles on fire and just like lifting them up over their head. And I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. Right? This is pretty cool. And I, I didn't know it was a setup. It was a setup because they captivated me and they got me in there. And then all of a sudden, the lights got real dim. All the guys disappeared. And one guy, big dude, walked. I mean, they walk like this. You know how those guys walk. They, just, they walk into doorways like this because they can't walk this way into them. Right? And so uh, he walks out there and he's got a Bible in his hand. And he begins to share the goodness of Jesus Christ with all of us. And I had, I'd never heard, like I'd been to churches before, but I'd never heard the gospel like I heard it that day. And he had a guy come up, big old dude. He, and I knew something was up because his wrists were taped up with duct tape, which is a feat of strength trying to pull that off after the show. You know what I mean? But his wrists were wrapped up with duct tape, and he called a law enforcement officer out of the crowd to come up and use his handcuffs to lock him onto the guy. And so as he's talking, right, he's talking about the goodness of Jesus. He starts comparing how my life is like this pair of handcuffs, and you're in bondage, and you don't even know it. 
and you've tried your own way, and you've tried different methods to break out of this bondage, but nothing can break you out of this bondage. Out of this bondage. And then back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, there was this Christian band called Idol Cure, which is a rock band. Christian rock was a thing. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was good stuff. And so, and so the whole time he's talking, I'm hearing this, this, this kind of this low pad, you know, keyboard, guitar, you know, wind up happening in the background. And it just, you just kind of feel the energy come in. And so when the communicator, which was the, the head guy, John Jacobs, he backs up out of the way, and this guy comes up with these handcuffs, and he starts to break these handcuffs, right? And I'm like, hey, hey, fella, they make it so you can't do that, right? That's, that's why handcuffs are there. And he starts, he's like, guys, if you help him, he'll break these handcuffs and let this be symbolic of the, 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 the bondage of sin coming off your life tonight. And the whole time the music's coming up. And, and there was this one part in the song where the very first words of the song were break away. But Christian rock, they scream it, break away, right? And so right, right when he's like, he's like, I thought he was going to like, you know, break something inside because he was like, and right when they said break away, he busted those handcuffs off, and I'm telling you, I had goosebumps on my earlobes. I mean, that's how they went all the way down my body, got up, ran to the front, gave my life to Christ. Such a powerful moment. I felt, you want to see it? I'll show it to you, all right? I brought you a video. I brought you a video. Take, take a look at this. This is what I saw. about a 17-year-old getting off his feet and running to the front, man. I was like, I need Jesus. It was amazing. It was such an incredible experience to me. And that was the very first time I'd ever felt the presence of God in my life. And who I was feeling was the Holy Spirit drawing me into a relationship with Jesus. He was drawing me into a relationship with our heavenly Father. So I want to talk about the personal role the Holy Spirit plays in all of our lives today. But before we do, let's just pray. God, we love you. We invite you here. Uh, Father, we know you live inside of us. But Lord, we know that there are people in the room today that they may still be on the fence about whether you're real. And that's okay, God, because you can belong before you believe. Father, we know that there are going to be people today that are wrestling with the truth of your word. And Father, we pray that you would once again unlock our understanding to help us see where we fit in your story, in your plan, and how this word and your Holy Spirit applies to our everyday lives, God. Speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you remember the first time you, you got saved, the first time you received Jesus? Remember that tug in your heart? Remember that longing? It's like sitting there realizing, man, I need this in my life. Well, the Bible talks about in John chapter 3, 
verse 16. I know this is a familiar text, guys, but don't just, don't just think about the next word coming because you know it. Think about the message that is being said here. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Like we know that scripture, but capture the meaning. He goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, our Father God, has not come to condemn you. That is not how he functions. He, He is not a condemning God. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men and women to repentance. He is a loving God. He loves you unconditionally. Regardless of what anybody has said about him, that's what his word says about him. The Holy Spirit does not condemn. Now, he may convict. Now, what does that mean? It sound, they sound similar. The Bible says in John chapter 16, this is the New Living Translation, speaking of the Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. John, 1 John chapter 3.20 says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So according to this text of scripture here, we understand that there's a difference. Condemnation is shame. It's guilt. It's manipulation. Condemnation is what an unhealthy person will do to try to manipulate your behavior. And I'm just going to say it. There are a lot of worship environments that their preferred mode of communication is condemnation. It's speaking down at you. That's not how God does it. That's not what God, that God's never used condemnation. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is simply the Holy Spirit pointing to the truth. And if you, if we feel bad about the Holy or what the Holy Spirit is saying according to scripture, it's our own heart that condemns us. Does this make sense? The Holy Spirit points to truth and our own hearts convict us or condemn us. You know, when I was in middle school, my, we, our family did not grow up going to church. Um, we grew up on the lake. My dad worked a lot, and so we played hard on the weekends. And so we would go to the lake and spend the whole weekend there. We'd come home and get back into our normal routine. But I'll never forget, 12, 13 years old, my dad walked into my room on a Sunday morning, flipped on the light, and said, get up. And I said, are we going fishing? (laughs) He's like, no. He's like, um, he says, it's time that you boys learn what you need to know. And he was going to take us to church. 
and we, like me and my brother, we were both confused because we're, we're like, well, we, we, don't, we don't go to church. This is not what we do. And so that weekend started about a, a, a tour, if you will, of different churches in Broken Arrow uh, where we grew up uh, trying to figure out what's going to be our family church. And I can remember the same thing. Every church we went into at the end of the service, the preacher, the communicator, the pastor, whoever was speaking would do the same thing. They would invite me into a relationship with Jesus. And every single time I felt that same feeling, that tug in my heart, this I've never done this and I should feeling. You know what I mean? And I can remember being in an unfamiliar place, an unfamiliar room surrounded by unfamiliar people that I've never met before. But I so badly wanted a relationship with Jesus. And it was the Holy Spirit drawing me to him. And I think if my dad would have stood up and went forward, because that's the way we did it back in the 80s, um, if he would have stood up and went forward to receive Jesus, I would have went with him because I wanted him so bad. And so what I felt, so I didn't, I never, I never accepted Jesus until that moment. I was at the power team, 1987, and when they invited me, it was that same feeling, and I'm like, enough is enough. I've got to know more about him. And so I ran forward, and I, I received Jesus Christ in my life. The Holy Spirit was working on me to receive Jesus. He was inviting me. See, the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin. I was in the world, and I was convicted of sin. Now, the Holy Spirit's work inside of you is not finished at salvation. He continues to work in and through you. In fact, uh, later on, I've, I've got saved. In fact, this was the very first year of my marriage. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's the first month of my marriage. Um, we were silly. We were young, barely 20 years old. In fact, she had just turned 20 uh, just a couple of months before we got married. And um, our parents did the best they could. They're like, you're, you're young. <laughs> you're young. You ain't got no money. You ain't got no place to live. What he was really saying is, you're an idiot, <laughs> okay? You should really think this through. But he was, he was dad, and he was doing his best he could. But... Um, but we didn't care because all you need is love, right? And so we had that. And so we were good. We'll make it. And we did. But uh, the first year of our marriage, the first month, we actually did not have a place to live. And so it was either live with her parents or my parents, which if you're newlyweds, not an option. Check them off, right? And so um, my parents actually had a lake house. And before I get too far, you're thinking nice big cabin, 5,000 square foot, vaulted ceilings, windows, hot tub on the deck overlooking Golden Pond, right? No, it was a mobile home, okay? We called it a lake house because it was a house on the lake. That's why it was our lake house, okay? Two-bedroom, 1960s model mobile home, still have it today. I turned it into my tent of meeting, <laughs> okay? So it's there. Tyra and I were living there, and I can, I can, uh, I can remember different things about that. And I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. I'm going to come back to that, to that story. When we, when we were living there, I actually worked, so that's in Wagner, I worked in Broken Arrow. So I made that drive every day. In one particular time, I worked for a church who had a large fleet of vehicles in Tulsa County. And um, 
we, uh, we serviced those vehicles. I was a mechanic, and we had a rack of different supplies for the vehicles. And on this rack, I mean, oils, transmission fluids, brake fluids, you know, all that stuff, air filters, fuel filters, like all of it was there. So if a vehicle came in, we could just uh, fix it. We wouldn't have to go get parts. In other words, we had parts. And one particular day, I was driving a 1980 Ford Bronco, big jacked up tires, wheels, big... Big old engine in it, it would lope at the stoplight. Just blah, 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 right? Have you ever heard a car do that? It's actually not broken. It's supposed to do that. And uh, had these big speakers in the back. Anyway, you're like, get to the point, Darian. Okay, so this particular day, I had, I had got a transmission leak in my, in my Bronco. And I had some place to be right after work. And so I knew that this thing wasn't going to work. If you've ever driven a car where you've got... It needs transmission fluid. It just doesn't, it doesn't go into gear. You kind of rev it, and finally it kicks and goes, and it doesn't shift right. And so I knew that I had to have some transmission fluid for this thing to go. And right behind me was a rack of transmission fluid that I did not buy. The church bought. And I, and I said to myself, I'll just borrow a quart of transmission fluid, stick it in my vehicle, go to the auto parts store, buy a quart, and replace it, right? I was noble in my intentions. The problem is I took a quart, put it in my car, something came up that day, and I didn't go buy another quart of transmission fluid. And the next day when I got to work, it was kind of like that, that story, the telltale heart, you know what I mean? It was sitting there going, <laughs> this empty void where a quart of transmission fluid was. And the Holy Spirit did not condemn me. The Holy Spirit simply pointed and says, you know, you're not supposed to use things that you didn't buy. That's all it said, right? The Holy Spirit was like, uh, people are not supposed to use things that, that, that they, they didn't buy, right? My own heart said, you're a no good sinner. You, you robbed from a church. You robbed from God." Right? It was 98 cents at best back then for a quart of, of transmission fluid. But I felt that. You know what I mean? And so, and what's worse is I went two days, three days, four days, and every day I would walk past it. There was that hole on the wall where, where the quart of transmission fluid that I stole was there. It was not the Holy Spirit condemning me. It was my own heart saying, you did this. Does that make sense, friends? And it applies in different areas of our lives. The Holy Spirit has several functions. In fact, the Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance. Well, that sounds weird. Where are you getting that? John chapter 14, verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. The Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us of things that we've already learned, which is what one of his functions is. And so this is what we say around here at Your Place Church, our mission statement, is to reach, connect, and equip you to live what you believe. Well, how does that happen? We're teaching you and equipping you how to live this life. 
But in real time, how it happens is when you are out in your everyday life, you're at the office, you're at home, and your kids are acting up, you're in a conversation with somebody, somebody's offering something to you that you don't do anymore, right? And all of a sudden, there is that thing inside of you that comes up and says, remember, that's not who you are anymore. Are you with me? Remember, you're different now. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit reminding you. Remember, the scripture says this. Remember when you were in service and I shared that story with you? I shared that scripture with you and you went, wow, I've never seen that before. That's scripture. This is the real time moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. People are like, I don't hear the voice of God. Yes, you do. Every single moment you're in a situation where you have a potential to go this way or this way and something on the inside of you says, you should go this way. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's speaking to you and he's teaching you and he's reminding you of things to come. Or things, things that he's taught you, right? Uh, people say this about tests. You know, as long as, as long as there's tests in school, there'll always be prayer in school, right? Because we pray and we're like, God, help me with this test because I did not study, right? Well, it doesn't work that way. But what does work is if you actually apply yourself, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance things that you've learned. That's how come students that, that, that are filled with the Holy Spirit, they seem to have an advantage because the Holy Spirit helps them to learn, helps them to remember things, right? The, a current prayer that I'm believing God that, that, that to, to work in my life is, I'm like, Holy Spirit, help me remember names, our church is growing. Last service was packed. This service is comfortably full. Next service, there's people showing up. And, and there's new faces every week. And I'm like, help me remember their name. Help me remember their name. So if you tell me your name, I'm, I'm is it Jan? Did I get it right? No? Yes, Jan, I got it. Yes. So I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would help me. Remember name. Now, don't come up to me after service and go, hey, pastor, what's my name? I just began praying the prayer, okay? There are hundreds of people who worship with you. It's challenging. Another thing that the Holy Spirit will do is he'll, he'll remind you. He'll remind you. So, like, uh, a lot of people, they come to us for they call it counseling. We don't call it. We are contractually obligated not to call it counseling. We are not licensed counselors. We give biblical advice. Just so happens the Bible has a lot to say about your issue. And so we'll sit in situations and we'll, we'll listen. And people are like, man, I came and I talked to Pastor Rich or I talked to, I talked to Drew or I talked to Tim. Man, it's just like, it's like they just knew what to say. Well, the reason why that is, is because as we're listening to your story, what's going on in your world, the Holy Spirit is moving on the inside of us, and scriptures about your story begin to just come up, because the Holy Spirit has taught us things. This gets really weird when you meet with Tyra. I'm just going to tell you right now, like Tyra, so some of the ladies have met with Tyra. Tyra has this way of, like, I can, I mean, you can, you can, not me, you can... Okay, I can, I can sit there and have a conversation with Tyra, and I can dance all around the truth of what's going on or what I'm really dealing with. 
And Tyra will pause and she'll just look at me and she'll, she'll just say it. Are you thinking this? And there was no way she would have known what I was thinking. Are you thinking this? And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Right, And then at that time, all of these scriptures, the Holy Spirit will just flip on the light to all of these scriptures, and she will walk me through areas of my life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit brings back to her remembrance things that she has learned. And everybody, like Tyra hates it when I point to her because she says, you make me look like a, a daggum superhero. She says, I'm not. I just have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and so can everyone else. And it's true. You can have that same thing. It's not reserved for really special people who have curly hair. It's not that way at all. It's not reserved for pastors. It's reserved for anybody who knows the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense, friends? Another function of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives is he will show you things to come. The Bible says in 16, or John 16, verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you. Listen to the scripture, guys. He will guide you into all truth. I just want to know the truth. Great. That's one of the Holy Spirit's functions, to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. Look at this. He will only, or he speaks only what he hears. So even though the Holy Spirit is a unique personality, we told you last week it's kind of like the, it's like water. Water can be a liquid, it can be a solid when it's frozen, it can be a vapor, it's the same, it's just water, right? The God, the Godhead, God, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all God. But what happens is, is the Holy Spirit, even though he is a unique personality, will not tell you anything that he has not heard from Almighty God. So he sits there and he listens to you. And he looks at God. And God says this. So the Holy Spirit tells you this. That's, that's, that's his function. So this is how come when you hear the Holy Spirit in your life, you're hearing the very words of God. He will speak only what he hears. And he, look at this. He will tell you what is yet to come. Like, like people are like fortune telling, like that's weird. That's what, no, 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 that's not what this is. The Holy Spirit will tell you what's yet to come. This first month when Tyra and I were married and living in that, that, that trailer in Wagner, I can remember standing in the shower one day. I was getting ready for work. And that song by Darlene Check, uh, Hillsong, um, Jesus, lover of my soul. I don't know if you guys remember that song. You had to have been listening to worship back in the 80s and 90s, early 90s, I think is when this came out. But that song was just, it was so good, man. It was ministering to my soul. And I can remember, it's just me and her. I don't know where she was. But I was in the shower. And I just started singing that song, Jesus, lover of my soul. It was Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, I will never let you go. You remember this song? You've, you've taken me from the miry clay. You set my feet upon a rock. 
now I know I love you, I need you. Though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. And something about this particular day when I said that phrase, though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. And right then the Holy Spirit said, really? Uh, Yeah. Because your world is about to get challenging. What? Your world is about to get challenging. Are you going to let me go? Well, A, I said, no, I won't let you go. And B, I stopped singing that song. (laughs) Because that part of the song was in the song, and you got to it every time. Though my world, I'll never let you go. Because no one wants their world to fall. But over the next few months, actually what did happen is we did rent a house, our very first rent house. And we'd only been there. We barely had pictures on the wall, I feel like. And the the landlord sold the house right from underneath of us, gave us a week to get out. We didn't even know it was for sale. And then the same time, Tyra's hands began to, like she had some kind of a skin condition. Uh, The chemicals that she was using, she was a housekeeper. The chemicals that she was using was doing something to her hands. She even had she even wore the gloves that the housekeepers wear. Something about the chemicals began to crack her her skin, of, and she would bleed. Like she would come home every night bleeding because of the chemicals that she was using. And she walked up to her boss. I mean, we we were just figuring it out. We needed the job. And she's like, the chemicals are, are doing this to my hand. And it's almost like he just crossed his hands, his arms, and said, "Stinks to be you. Get back to work." Little 20-year-old Tyra. It's like little Taliana on stage. They look identical, right? And she put her hands back in those gloves and went back to work. And then, as if it couldn't get worse, that 1980 Bronco blew an engine on the way from Wagner, where we were living, to Broken Arrow, where we were working. And you guys are like, that's because you stole the transmission fluid. No. It's not, but it just blew, and my world fell apart, but I never let go of you, and I, don't, I can't tell you how, I just remember the day that it just lifted off of me, you know what I mean, because the, the, and probably the song came back on, though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. Spirit said, you never let go. You never let go. See, he showed me or warned me that things are going to get challenging, but never let me go and I will get you through it. Are you with me, friends? He shows you things to come. He's shown us several things. He's shown us good seasons of our life. There's been multiple opportunities for God to move in our life. There was most recently, I mean, well, I'll start with this one. In 2012, the Lord spoke to me about this building. He spoke to me about this building, and he said this. He said, 2012, so 9, 10, 11, 12, we're three years old. And he says, I want you to buy this building someday. 
and then he gave me a number, 660,000. I had no idea what that was. What that was. I started to do my own investigative reporting and found out they wanted 1.2 million for the building. Well, 13 comes, 14 comes. The Lord says, believe me for the building. For those of you guys who've been worshiping with us, you know the story. 15 comes and we get the building appraised for $880,000. So it's, if they, they wanted 1.2 or 1.4, it only appraises for 880. We know if we're gonna buy a building, we have to have it like 20% down. So it's gonna be $200,000. And so we believe God for $200,000, $220,000 came in just miraculously. Like people that they don't even worship here send us a check for $220,000. Do the math. $220,000. So $880,000 minus $220,000. $660,000. the Lord showed me what was going to happen. 2015, it happened. And now the only thing I can tell you in my heart, this is what I feel. Something good getting ready to happen like you hear Tyra and I talk we'll tip, we say the same thing we'll look at each other something good's getting ready to happen why because the Holy Spirit is showing us things to come amen he'll do that for you maybe you're in the room today and you recognize that you don't have a relationship with Jesus and so you feel that tug that I was talking about you feel that drawing of the presence of God you feel the Heavenly Father reaching out His arms and saying, listen, I love you. I love you. And the Holy Spirit is saying, just come. Just come. I can show you things. I can, I can, I can give you hope. God has so much that He wants to share with you. See, we think, well, God doesn't love me. God doesn't want me. I've done too much wrong. No, no, no. That's your own heart condemning you. The Holy Spirit is saying, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Come, just be a part. Please come. Come. So this is what we want to do. There are people in this service today that, that right now you identify with that feeling. It's that oh, feeling, right? So everybody just bow your heads. I didn't want to come forward because A, there was no one to go with me, and B, I didn't know anybody. It's unfamiliar to me. So we're just going to eliminate all of the excuses right now. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to stand up. This is between you and your heavenly Father. Right now, the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart, and you can feel it because it's that uh, feeling like I relationship with Jesus. And I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. It's okay. Because he believes in you. So right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm just going to say this. You can begin a relationship with Jesus right there. Right there in your seat. If that's you and you need Jesus today, or maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus and you feel like you need to rededicate your heart to him. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed between you and Jesus. I just want to know who I can pray for. If that's you, just put your hand up, put it right back down. Anybody like that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on. You feel it. Thank you. You can put your hands down. You feel that tug. That tug is the Holy Spirit. 
And if you feel it, it's you. Don't miss this moment. Thank you. Don't miss the moment. Because what happens is the next time he tugs, because we're used to it, it almost softens in our heart. And you don't want the Holy Spirit's voice to soften. You want it to get louder. Anybody else? Before we change the direction of the service, I can pray with you. Amen. Well, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. There's something that happens in a moment like this when our ears hear our voice say words to God. It just moves us to the core. So because we want everybody who raised their hands to have this experience, I'm just going to invite everybody to say this out loud. And if you raised your hands or should have raised your hands when we pray this prayer, just make a little switch on the inside of you and, and just mean the prayer. Like pray it to him. Say this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. And right now, Jesus, I ask you, to come into my life to change me to make me brand new I'm choosing today to spend the rest of my life in a relationship with you in Jesus name amen and amen come on give them a hand clap today praise God you know now that you've prayed that prayer, next time I say that, that feeling won't be there. You know what the feeling you'll get is? You're already loved. You're already loved anyway, but all of a sudden you'll get this, yeah, I'm a part of the family. And if you, listen, if you're brand new to Jesus, we want to help you. We want to give you resources. So at the back of the room, there's these little gray poles that say new here. There's a connection card and a worship guide in there. If you'll fit, if you grab a worship guide, it says new here. In that, there's a connection card. If you'll just tell us who you are, what your name is, give us some way to send it to you. Check the box. I made a decision today. We'll make sure you get those resources. Amen, everyone. Stand up with us. We're going to worship God with our giving today. This is the way we do it here. We don't really pass buckets. The buckets are at the back of the room. You can give at yourplacechurch.com. We have a, a giving hour. We have an app that has all the videos about the building. There's a, a, a ability to do it there. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. It says, a generous person will prosper. What's the connector? The if-then statement is a generous person will prosper. So you have two options. You can work at it and try everything you can do to make money and maybe you'll get success or you can just be a generous person because the scripture says you'll prosper. Amen. They're easy. This is the easy way. Amen. So we just want to we just want to be generous to the Lord today. We want to return to him his portion and entrust him for everything else. Amen. Father, we love you. We worship you. Thank you for, for giving us the ability to gain wealth. Thank you for prospering us. God, so many stories of, of, of the people of your place, church, being generous to each other and generous to you. And Lord, we know they're generous to us. So Father, we thank you for that. Bless them right now in Jesus' name. We worship you with our giving. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.